Welcome to the Molding Private Practice Show, where we help healthcare practitioners in private practice keep true to their purpose and build a life of mastery by providing the knowledge, skills, and tools to bring their dreams to life. In this episode of the show, we speak to Estee Timothy about being a clinical psychologist and everything private practice management related. Estee Timothy, welcome to the show. So we're so glad to have you on board and uh, talking about being a psychologist in Nigeria and all of that cool stuff. Thanks for doing this. My pleasure. So I have to ask, I mean, uh, so firstly, I'm, I've been looking for this, forward to this interview for quite some time. You know, we, we actually met on LinkedIn, which is interesting because, you know, almost all practitioners tell us that they don't use social media too much. But we've met so many amazing people like yourself on, you know, on LinkedIn. And so I have to ask, how did you, you know, when, when you're young, people always ask you, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? So did a young Estee say she wants to become a psychologist? Yeah, no, no, I, I, I didn't think of becoming a psychologist when I was young. It wasn't one of the career I thought of then. Okay. What was it? What, what did you want to become? I, I wanted to become a medical doctor. Growing up, I always wanted to be in a hospital setting. Okay, so not too far off the truth, actually, uh, or, f- or too far off where you kind of ended up as a psychologist. But uh, so w- what made yeah. you change your mind? Okay, so um, shortly before I got admission into the university, I discovered that I love talking to people a lot. I love listening to people. And if people come to me with any challenges, I... I always have a way of talking them out of their problems. And it made me want to do more for humanity. It made me want to engage more with people. And then psychology, psychology as a cause then offered us those um, techniques and skills we needed to address people's challenges and problems. And so I really needed to know how I can be of help to humanity uh as a person so psychology was a perfect course to study then okay we're so glad that you did actually (laughs) because that's actually i mean i think the world needs more psychologists you know to help us with all of the problems that we have but um that's amazing and is there was was it an easy uh route to take to become a psychologist can you tell us i mean especially in a nigerian context is it i mean inside i mean if i compare it to south africa in South Africa, you you know you finish high school, you know secondary school, then you go and get an undergraduate degree, and that's normally okay, you know, if you want to do psychology. But then to get into the postgraduate programs, you know, the honors and masters level is normally quite a quite quite difficult for you know psychologists to get into because there's so many limited numbers, you know, of in each university to be able to do that. Yeah. Um, is yeah. it the same in Nigeria? Yeah, it's um, psychology as a course is not offered in all universities in Nigeria, so it's limited to some schools, and that makes it a bit difficult as some parts of the country are not even aware of psychology as a course or a career path to take. Okay, that makes sense. And so for you, was it an easy, easy, was it an easy route to get into one of those schools? Uh, it was not that easy, but 
Um, after my undergraduate study in psychology, I, because I've always wanted to be in a clinical setting, I now set out to do um, clinical psychology. Now, there, there are a lot of factors that discourages um, undergrad um, psychology to pursue a career in psychology and specialized in one because um, the lack of um, recognition in the country or the service you provide really place a limit on people. So we have a lot of undergrads that has, um, have certificates in psychology, but they, are, they, they change their career path entirely because when you are not recognizing what you are giving out is not valued or appreciated, it has a way of discouraging you. So people now embark on careers that will make them earn and sustain a living. So it's kind of difficult for one to really decide and come in terms with um, doing psychology as a career. So it wasn't that easy, but I knew I always wanted to be a voice. I knew I always wanted my voice to be heard because of the a lot of malfunctioning that's taking place in my part of the country, for example, we talk about parenting. So growing up as a child, it wasn't that smooth. It was rough. So many people are living with unresolved childhood trauma, and this affects their adult life and their relationship with people. So you see people go around hurting other people because that's the only way they can feel safe or whatever. So a lot of people are going around with hurt with depression, with anxiety, and we have very limited number of uh, professional psychologists that they can actually have access to, to get this problem solved. So it wasn't that easy, but I knew I wanted to be one of the person that will be there to respond to people's psychological needs. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, and the course itself, was was it quite a difficult course to take? And do you find that many people actually succeed in passing, you know, once, they, once they're in the program? It wasn't quite a difficult course to take, it's just like any other course that a person has passion for. So this has to do with passion. If you are passionate about the course, then every other thing will fall in place. But if you are doing it because you were left with no other choice than to do it, then it's going to look like it's difficult. So it wasn't that difficult being that something I was passionate about. Mm, well answered. I love that. And and it's true because, I mean, yeah, it, it's always about your intention and, you know, your attitude towards, you know, doing something. And I think if the attitude is not right, then obviously it's not easy to do. But yeah, I love that. Um, and Esther, so after you finished your studies, did you go straight into working at a government institution or a hospital or a clinic, or did you go out and work for yourself? Okay, so in this part of the country, like in Nigeria, um, the government does not really create vacancy for psychologists to be to be employed. So they go for psychiatry nurses and psychiatrists who are more like medical doctors that ventured into the mental health aspect of health. So psychologists do not really get a platform or a room to practice in the government setting. So a majority of hospitals that have um, psychologists are private hospitals or non-governmental organizations like this. So I, when I finished my studies and still doing my master's though, I, I had the chance of volunteering in a non-governmental organization where I have to practice. Mm, okay, cool. And 
that was good experience in terms of um, everything that you studied? Did you do much clinical work in that setting? Yes, I do. I do much of clinical work in the setting and I do a lot of referrals as well. Okay. In case of say services I can't provide or I'm not professional enough to handle, so I refer to a different professional. Ah, okay, cool. That makes a lot of sense. And in your current position, do you work more for someone else or do you work in more in your personal capacity? Um, in, again, if I were just related to South Africa and also the UK where we are, um, is, you know, like therapists either work in the government setting or psychologists work in a government setting or work for someone like another, another practitioner or they work for themselves and, you know, clients see them directly. They do the billing, they build a client or they build a health insurance company. Um, is it something similar to that? Do you work in a setting okay, like so, that? Okay, um, so where I'm practicing, where I'm currently practicing, I work to report to someone, I work for someone, and I also do private practice. So in the organization where I'm working, I have access to the clients that may actually experience psychological distresses where I provide mental health and psychological support to them and stabilize them mentally. Then I also do a private practice where I have people outside the organization who are not clients in the organization reach out for psychological services, which is more like a, practice, a private practice to me. Mm, yeah, no, that is exactly private practice then. And because I'm, I'm very curious about this because, you know, we, we started working with healthcare practitioners probably about nine years ago, only because my wife's a clinical psychologist and, you know, we, I started helping her to do her billing and uh, I just realized that actually many practitioners, you know, struggle with their admin and billing and all of that stuff. Um, do you find, do you, do you have those similar issues in Nigeria as well or in your own practice that, um, that um, you know, admin and billing the clients is normally a problem? Or Sorry, no, not a problem. Yeah, not a problem, but like, uh, you know, so, so a psychologist, if a, if a client comes to see you and now they need to pay you, you need to issue an invoice or you need to take the payment from them and you need to set up appointments and, and stuff like that. Do you find that that was quite easy for you to do? Uh, because traditionally, you know, like it would psychologists in, in South Africa and in the UK, that's normally a problem because there's, uh, you know, psychologists are meant to help other people, but doing admin administration work and doing, you know, just normal billing related work or invoicing work is not a, you know, doesn't come too easily to them. Do you, do you have the same kind of challenges in your practice? Okay. So, um, getting a client to pay for a service and giving out invoice, it's, it's not really a big problem to me because, um, um, I, when a client reach out and I get to assess the clients, there's something called consultation section, which is more like history taking. So during the history taking, you get to know if it's a problem you can manage at your level and your um, profession, or it's something you can refer to another person that is also a different professional. So when once that is set, you now know if you have to charge the client based on if you're the one providing the service. And once the charge is placed, the client will just 
make the payments where you um, um, usher an invoice and then develop a treatment plan, which you share with the clients to follow through. So it's not much of a problem over here for me. Mm, okay, cool. That's amazing. Um, because we normally find then, you know, psychologists start looking for software and things like that normally to help them with some of those functions. But um, that's amazing that it's not too much of an issue for you. And I'm more curious than anything, but in Nigeria, do do clients normally pay pay cash or do they, um, you know, do you have like health insurance that clients normally can submit claims to their health insurance and then get get paid or, you know, does the health insurance pay the psychologist? Okay, so can you come again? I didn't get the question right. Um, so when clients normally come and see you, do they pay directly or does like does Nigeria have like a health insurance or medical aids, you know, that normally pay for clients? Okay, so since it's a private practice, the clients pay directly. Okay, cool. Okay. So there's no like health insurance considerations, you know, that you that you would normally have to worry about. Because I think, you know, that's normally a, a bit more of a problem <laughs> um in terms of that. Okay, cool. That sounds amazing. Yeah. And so, so the other thing I noticed, you know, we, we've been doing, I think we're on over 60 episodes, you know, with different practitioners now. And they all mention that there's always someone that helped them, you know, either like a coach or a mentor or a supervisor in becoming a psychologist or even going into private practice. Did you have someone like that as well? Okay, like a mentor yeah. that maybe coaches me to become a psychologist. Mm. Okay, yeah, I have, I have, I have mentors. I have mentors who are clinical psychologists and are doing exploits in their field. So I always turn to them for any um, guidance I need in my private practice, but most of the things I do, my reaching out, my visibility, I make those efforts to really be heard so I can be of service to a larger population beyond African context and Nigeria precisely. So but then I have uh, mentors that I, I, I get to ask for professional guidance. So I have mentors. Okay, that's amazing. Yeah, so that kind kind of um, you know that that story we it collaborates that story that you know practitioners whether you're in South Africa or the UK or Nigeria, you know definitely that seems to be a similarity. You know you almost you have other people in the profession that normally help you, which is amazing. That's like really nice, yeah. <laughs> you know, to know that. Um, my last two questions, and I think you know we're done, but. Is there any advice that you would give to anyone wanting to become a clinical psychologist uh, that you wish you had? You know, like how would you convince someone not to become a medical doctor and choose the clinical psychology route? Sorry, I didn't get the question right. Um, is there anything that you would, any advice you would give to someone that wants to become a clinical psychologist? Okay, yeah, so uh, for a person that has tried to become a clinical psychologist, my advice to the person would be that so psych- you, the person shouldn't monetize the profession. Like, you shouldn't look at money before you 
want to go into the career because psychology career is the helping profession. It's not a business profession. So most times we get to make people pay because if you keep giving out free therapy service, people don't really value it. They think it's just another advice they get from another person. So you have to place a charge and let them know that it's a professional service and you've been licensed to do this. So for anyone that wants to go into psychology as a profession, the person must first develop passion for humans. Because, okay, so currently I have a client that was referred to me from a general hospital. And then in as much as I know I need to place a charge for my service, but getting to listen to this client, to get to know that this person is a sickle cell warrior. And in that uh, moment, you, you are not thinking about the money. You're thinking about solving the person's psychological need and making the person have hope of staying alive when the person is constantly scared of giving up at any point. So anyone that wants to venture into the profession of psychology or clinical psychology must first have passion for it and also be empathetic towards people because you are someone that every other person will tell their challenges and vent out to. So if you don't have that empathy as a person, you will not be able to help the individual the way you should. So passion is one of the things the person should have empathy to and listening skill because in therapy, you do more of listening and not more of talking because if you do more of talking, you might not even be able to know the client's competence and how you can help the clients develop their competence. So you do more of listening. That's when you discover their competencies and how you can help them cope with their challenges. And then you now impact on um, um, on the graduate study, first psychology, and then master's degree in clinical psychology and get licensed. Okay, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I love that. I love how you said that. Um, my last question um, before I let you go, but is there anything that you thought I should have asked you around uh, being a psychologist or going into private practice that I didn't cover? Uh, okay, yeah, so um, you asked, um, I think in the guidelines you sent, you asked if I had to do any additional courses or study for that specializing treatment for patients. Mm-hmm. And I think we've left that. Okay, yeah. Can we go through that one then? Yeah, so it's um, psychology as a profession is not limited to the certificates you get in school. Maybe your undergraduate or your master's and then license. So you need to also enroll in other professional courses because in school you may not be taught everything. Um, there are so many problems that you see in real life settings that we're not taught in school. So you have to enroll, especially depending on your area of specialty and what you are passionate about. We have um, trauma therapist. So if it's your area of interest is um, helping um, traumatic patients to get healed, or maybe addiction recovery, substance use recovery, then you need to do extra courses and get extra certifications on those specific areas of interest for you to provide a competence service to your client, depending on the person's need. Mm, I love that. Esther, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for helping us understand, you know, how you became a psychologist and also a little bit about how, you know, the the mental health space works in Nigeria. I really, really appreciate your time. And thanks so much for doing this.
Thank you for having me. Hey everyone, thanks for listening. As always, stay tuned and we'll speak to you in the next episode.